This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 11th, episode 2931, brought to you today by State Line Tech. Good morning, horsey friends. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Well, I'm going to start the show off with some very sad news today. Is it very sad? Don't lead in like it's sad. Nobody cares <laughs> but you. Carry on. So when I started podcasting back in 2008, or actually 2006, what was the only thing, Jamie, you'll know the answer to this, what was the only thing people could listen to us on, device-wise? Oh, your iPod. Your iPod. That's the only Download thing. Download your, your <laughs> favorite right. shows onto your iPod. That's right. And, and nobody it really did hard. it. <laughs> First of all, it was like... What do you do? Oh, I'm I'm a podcast. What station is it on? No, yep. it's not on a station. You have to download it. Well, how do I download it? Well, you got to get your iPod out, and then you go and you plug it into your computer, and you suck the yeah. Yeah, you downloaded your computer first, basically, and then you download it. You had to really want to listen. Well, believe it or not, they're still they were up until now still selling iPod touches. I think I still have mine somewhere, um, and. They're going away, and Apple Apple has announced that the iPod Touch is now officially going to be gone. Nobody cares, Glenn. I know. Nobody cares. But it's kind of sad. It's how You're we started. You're old. You're getting it's old. We, I am getting old, and it's how we started. It's how we began this whole thing with the iPod Touch. You probably still have yours, too. I don't want to hear about it. It's in a drawer. It's, yeah, it's probably still works. It <laughs> it's, pro- it's got the best music on it. I'm so tired of downloading and buying music, the same songs, oh, over and over yeah. again. And how much have we all spent on the same song over and over and over again? I love it. I, I saw something. It was like, uh, you know why um, Gen X is so mad? Because we've had to download our favorite grunge music. On, we had to buy it on tapes. And then we had to buy CDs, and then we had to buy, download it into our iPod, and now we have to download it again and pay for Amazon Music. I am dumb over it. <laughs> that one I'm song has it. cost you $100. Nirvana has <laughs> yeah. wrecked me financially. If you add it all up, it probably is a lot of money when you add it all up. Well, today in our horse health segment, we're going to talk about barn air quality with Stacy McGill and also Spotlight Rider in our Beyond the Ribbon series. 12-year-old Kira is joining us today. She's going to check in, and she's done a lot in the last month, actually. She's been the most active of all our spotlight riders. Plus, uh, do you have any weird news? Uh, Yeah. Some weird stuff happening around our country. Yeah, it's funny. I think we're going to stay in the United States today, but we're going to touch on a lot of different places. <laughs> weird news never stops for some reason. It just never stops. <laughs> Happy 
Well, happy birthday to two of our auditors, Jordan Gray and Julie Hansen. Happy birthday to both of you. We hope you have a terrific day. Also, I have a second Daily Winnie. My second Daily Winnie is to Rich Strike. And you're going to say, why is Rich Strike deserve a Daily Winnie. Rich Strike deserves a Daily Winnie because I think in all the controversy over the whole situation after the race, we've forgotten what an amazing story Rich Strike winning it all was. I mean, it was just an amazing story. We talked about it here on Monday for a half an hour. It was terrific, actually. So if you missed Monday's show, go back and listen to the first and half an hour. I mean, we touched on the whole after after race thing, but we didn't go into details. Because you know what? It's just an amazing story about him winning the race. I wish the whole after thing hadn't happened and we'd still be focusing on what amazing story. I wish the jockey would have just picked up his outside reins. <laughs> See, there you go. And stopped it. But I love the meme that's been going around. Um, somebody texted it to me, so I shared it. And it says, people who are upset about the way Greg handled Rich Strike don't know about the 52 free thoroughbreds and it shows. <laughs> We can't talk about them. I got in trouble last time I've talked about them. <laughs> You're going to get, get me in trouble now. again. <laughs> it might be gone. Usually it's January, so we kind of missed it this year. Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess mm-hmm. the otherworldly events have caused the 52 Third Reds to finally disappear. They're finally gone. They're finally gone. I'm happy. <laughs> All right, my daily Winnie. This this I, I, somebody sent this to me for weird news, but it's not weird. It's amazing. Okay, and we're gonna head to Sebastian, Florida. Where is Sebastian, Florida, Glenn? I have no idea. I'll look it up. Okay. Well, earlier this week, a Sebastian woman went skydiving. She promised her friends if she did this one thing, and she made it and did this one thing, she would celebrate it by skydiving. And she was good to her word. She went up in tandem skydiving at Skydive Sebastian, jumped out of a plane with another guy. She, this is a very brave woman. She's originally from London. She served in the Royal Army Medical Corps during, get this, World War II. Why did she skydive, Glenn? Her 100th birthday. One Hundred years. She's like, if I make it to a hundred, I'm going to skydive. And she made it to a hundred. And by God, she went skydiving. Now, here's her comment. She died of a heart attack halfway down. Still, while Sullivan said she enjoyed the experience, (laughs) she doesn't think she would do it again. (laughs) You can literally watch video of this woman jumping out of an airplane. uh... You can't tell because the air is hitting her face and like, like to put her cheeks all around like it does. So yeah. Um, but, well, but like, seriously, congratulations, Raymond. Uh, that takes some guts at a hundred to do that. And also took some guts on the person who dove with her to do it too. So I mean, how much of a release did that lady have to sign? Yeah. <laughs> you sign this. Okay. Now sign another just to make sure. Well, speaking of happy news out of Florida, did you see the report about the guy landing the plane? Did you see that? No. Okay, so they're in a private plane. There's a, It's a small plane, and they're in the private plane. There's two people and the pilot. The pilot passes out, gone, totally out while in air. This guy, and they have the audio of this, this guy calls the flight tower and says, my pilot is incoherent and out of it. And the they came back and said, what's wrong with your pilot? I don't know, but he is not awake. <laughs> so, and I don't know how to fly a plane. For- oh, my God. Fortunately, the air traffic controller happened to also be a flight instructor. 
and actually talked this guy into <gasps> landing the plane. He, there's video of this guy landing this little plane. It, you would never know that he had never landed a plane before. I saw that movie and it did not go well. <laughs> I know. This guy landed the plane. It was smooth as silk. And then the air traffic controller's talking to the other pilots. It was somewhere, I think it was Palm Beach, actually, uh, was talking to the air, American Airlines pilot. And the American Airlines pilot says, what's the deal there? And the, the guy goes, well, he just landed a plane and he does not a pilot and doesn't know how to fly. He said, well, he did a damn good job. <laughs> so, so there's another happy story. Apparently, we no report on the pilot, but... Uh, I mean, what happened? Was he drunk? Was he? Did he have like? A he heart might have attack? had a heart attack or something. I don't know. But doesn't everybody always think about what happens if the pilot goes? Yes. Could I land a plane? Well, I apparently think, you can. I always think when I get in a plane, I'm like, if anything happens, I got Chad. <laughs> this guy can do it. It's like, is anybody a doctor? Is anybody yeah. a doctor? Is anybody a pilot? Which would scare somebody worse? Of course, it now would I've be. Flitten, the, is anybody I've, a pilot? I've been in small planes, and he's let me do the controls, flying it steady and straight, not landing it. Whole different ball game, but he did it. I got to give the guy credit. He sounded to... very calm on the on on the radio. The the new pilot sounded very calm. He, he I, took a little shot of Jack Daniels. <laughs> I think I, I don't think I'd have been as calm. I'd have been like, "Hey, the pilot just conked out. What do I do? I'm dying up here. I don't want to oh crash." I'd have That's been a terrifying. Mess. But it's a good movie. It is a good movie, and uh, he'll probably be making one. So good for him. <laughs> hey, I, I want to get into talk. You got some new horses, and I saw. So let, I want to talk about that a little bit uh, and some other things. But there's been some kind of good news in the fight to clean up racing. Uh, the as we all heard, the federal government's kind of been kind of trying to crack down on horse doping, and there was a win in the courthouse on May the sixth when Lisa uh, Gianelli, Gianelli. W- yeah, was found guilty of providing the drugs for her veterinarian, Doctor Seth Fishman, uh, to drug horses over eighteen years at a Florida-based veterinary clinic. So she was selling the medications for the veterinarian and basically doing up cocktails for the veterinarian. And this was in standard bread racing mostly. The FBI got involved and started investigating this, and it was in thoroughbred and harness racing both. They investigated it over a two-year period of time, and she was one of now 31 people that had been indicted. She was the one at at basically doing the mixing and handing out the drugs. Um, And basically, they determined the prosecution convinced the jury – it was a jury trial – convinced the jury that she knew full well that this was not allowed. They were illegal substances, and you know this was not something where she just worked there and was told what to do. She apparently also had worked as a trainer – in the industry before. So she they they established that she knew what she was doing. And how do you sleep if you are doing something illegal that you can get caught and go to jail for? How do you sleep every single night? Years. <laughs> 18 years. The juror, one of the jurors interviewed after said he had no idea how extensive the drugging problem in racing was until he was sat in on the trial. Well, if you're the average person, you're probably not gonna have any idea. Um also, the veterinarian, uh, Fishman, was found guilty at his own trial in February, and his sentencing is set for May the 26th. Now, they haven't been sentenced yet, so we don't know what kind of 
you know, what kind of jail terms, if any, they're going to get. But there's been a total of 31 indictments. Of those, 14 have pled guilty, including two former harness racer, harness racing trainers, who turned around and then became government witnesses and were a government witness in this trial against her. So that's how they initially started out with like 14 indictments, but because these two flipped, now they're up to 31. Uh, and the defendants also include prominent trainer Jason Service, who I swear we had one of his people on on the show at one point in harness racing. He's he's the biggest harness racing trainer. No, that, he's a thoroughbred trainer. Oh, he's a thoroughbred trainer, right? Yeah, okay, he's that's right. Maximum Security, who right. I just knew was going to win the Derby and did, and then but like took out like six horses. That's right. I was thinking of the other of the other harness racing Jason, trainer yeah. that we've had on, but uh, yeah, so he's under you know he's under indictment too. So we'll see what happens with all of this, but it's it's a step. That's what it is. It's a step in the right direction. Well, I did see that there is a, on Animal Wellness Action's website, there is a petition because apparently July 1st, Baffert's suspension is over, Bob Baffert. And they're saying, they're signing up, they want you to sign a petition saying suspend him for three years instead of three months. Yeah, so, I don't see that happening. <laughs> no, I don't think they change things. But again, it's just to let people know that people all right, people care, you know, anyway. You know, I didn't miss him at the Derby, actually. Um, no. Didn't miss seeing him there all day. So, Hey, uh, over at StatelineTech.com right now, they have some new arrivals from Carrots, one of everybody's favorite brands. They also have some new arrivals from Kensington. And this makes me happy for a number of reasons. One is everybody knows the Kensington Plaid products. They're really cool. Everybody likes them. They're well-made products. But if you remember right, a couple years ago, they had a massive fire at their warehouse that Took, mm-hmm. took them out. I mean, just burned everything down. They're back and they're making products again. And I'm so happy to see that. Uh, you know, we weren't sure whether they'd even be in business after that fire. So they have a whole whole lot of different products right now in stock over at statelinetech.com from fly masks to sheets to uh, aisle. They're actually making aisle guards now. You know, the stall guards that are the, that are the wider ones that are made with the rubber and then also the mesh. Well, they're making them for aisles, full width aisles, which I think is kind of cool. I didn't even know they made those. So they have uh, hay bags, they have boots, all different kinds of things. Of course, in the plaid that everybody's become familiar with, all different colors. They have two pages of it right now over at StatelineTac.com. Go over and check it out today. They also have mini blankets, by the way, which are as cute as the Dickens in plaid. <laughs> so, you have some new horses in training. I do, I do. Um I and and I'm gonna tell you guys a, a very um it's kind of tough to talk about that little thing here, but Spend that I, kind I got, of morning. <laughs> yeah. So so you know, I, I got two new horses in from Horse and Hound and they just got here and one has one shoe, so he's getting uh, that tacked back on this morning and I'll start him today and see how it goes. One is white. Is beautiful, and of course, everybody's like, "I love the gray," uh, you know. So we'll see how that goes. Their names are Chiller and Handsome Lad, and then I have a mare who came in. These super sweet people bought her. This poor mare was a racehorse, and then she was she bowed both front ends, and then was sent to a kill pen, an auction. She was then bought at the Stroud auction and then sent down to the Kaufman auction where then she was purchased by the killer buyer, but they did the kill pen thing, which is a complete scam. Go to the auction and buy the horse yourself. You'll save thousands. Anyway, so they get the horse. 
they see it online, buy it, ship it up. And they've spent like seven months rehabbing her. Oh my God. They've had so many vet visits and they're just like these super sweet people. And it's an eight year old thoroughbred mare. And she is, she was apparently a hot mess when she came. Now she's pretty sweet and you can go get her and stuff. So I'm just helping them start. They, they said their only goal in life with this horse doesn't matter what happens. If she's never going to be sound, they don't care. All they want to do is be able to put their granddaughter up on her leader round. I was like, well, we can work on that. <laughs> so we're doing a lot of things to desensitize. Uh, so we'll, she, and she's coming along. She, it took them two and a half hours to get her loaded. So I loaded her yesterday and taught her a little bit about the trailer and what a dually halter actually is. And uh, it's coming really well. She's doing really well. So she's going to get some shoes today and see if that improves her angles a little bit. Uh, up front, but the the terrible sad news that I uh, I was gonna say that's good news. <laughs> that's all good news. But the, the bad stuff happens to my horses. Oh, um, and I I'm I'm hesitant to tell this story because I feel like I might get complaint. Like people might get mad at me, but you know what? It is what it is. I'm doing the best I can. So I bought this mare Julie from that online auction, and uh, Roulette Juliet. And I've I've been working with her for months. She's very spooky. I mean, she like I said, when she, when she came here, she was cowering against the wall. You know, she was so beat up by this the guy who told me I could learn a little something around there. Anyway, long story. So I, I've been riding her and and I get I can now trail ride her around and she'll walk out there. But man, I've it's been months and I can't get her to trot, right? So I'll trot. And she'll pick up the trot and she'll go four steps and then slam on the brakes. And I'm like, okay. And you know, y'all don't know. I don't use whips or spurs or anything. I'm like, I'm, I want to make them want to go forward, not have to go forward. So I pick up the trot again and she trots five steps and she slams on the brakes. Well, recently I, I've been able to get her trotting in a full 20 meter circle. And I was like, yay, we're trotting a circle, which for a three-year-old baby racehorse should not be that hard. Well, I got her trotting the full circle and I trotted about halfway through the second circle and she just lost it, reared straight up in the air. And she is not balanced enough to hold a rear with a rider on. And so she rears up and I had, I, I only ride her and the younger ones when I have somebody there. So farm boy was there and she rears straight up and like goes to step back. And I was like, Oh my God, we're going over. And so I basically like, I don't know how I did it. When you have a sense of self-preservation, I just like jumped on her head, right. You know, to push her down and she went down. And of course, when a horse rears, you don't want them to stop. You want to send them forward. So I put my leg on and I sent her forward again and she reared straight up again and went over sideways like she was going to fall into the left. So I grabbed my rein. I pulled it straight down and got her back on her feet without her falling over. These are the, probably the two most severe rears that I've ever sat. I have had a horse flip over backwards with me, but I was in the snow. And so it was okay. I was not in the snow. It was in my arena. And that that kind of thing is not this mare at this point is the sweetest, most gentle, 
loving, come to you, meet you at the gate, let your rubber head. She has changed a hundred. She has got a hundred and eighty degree difference in her in her appreciation of humans. Uh, so I really feel like I've helped her there. But y'all, I can't. I can't do that. Uh, I can't. I only, there's only one of me and there's a whole lot of things to do and I can't ride a horse that's going to flip over backwards. And so I got off of her and I came and I put her in the cross ties. I'm like, I mean, I'm shaking because it was terrifying. And farm boy was like, Hey, you look pretty good up there. And I was like, that's not funny. (laughs) I don't want to look good in that moment. Uh, so she, she came down. So I put her in the cross ties and God dang it. I I go to just put my hands on her spine. So this vet taught me a way that you can like kind of push on their back by putting your hands kind of on the opposite side of their spine and like pulling a little bit. And I hit that spot right on her, like coming up towards her sacrum. And I pushed my fingers down and boy, she lost it. Just like almost sat down. I'm like, oh, I can't do this again, because you, y'all know that have followed along in this journey. I've already been through this with two horses. Now they both exhibited their pain in various ways. One would not trot even cantering up a hill, following somebody. I couldn't even get him to trot up the hill. The other one tripped and fell with me on him. Uh, so I I just, I can't deal with this again. And I, I put thousands of dollars in EPM, Cairo, acupuncture, uh, x-rays, all the things. Well, if, if this is a medical kissing spine issue, number one, I don't want her to go be a broodmare because I mean, even though she's a granddaughter of Tappet, okay, I just, I can't sell her as a broodmare with the potential that kissing spine is hereditary. They just don't know enough yet. Uh, And then even if it's not kissing spine, then I have to work through training a horse, which I got to spend a thousand dollars figuring out what's wrong with her. And then I got to train a horse that rears and spooks at everything. And I just don't at 44 years of age, don't feel like that is the best effort of my, the best time I could spend. So I found a situation for her. Uh, she is going to go. It's like 15 minutes from me. And I talked to our listener who's involved in this too, but this is closer and I can keep an eye on her. And when she's done with her job, she will, I will take her back. Uh, and this is a, she's going to go be a recipient mare. So there's a place down in Purcell that folds out mares, but also uses recipient mares. And I called them and I said, are you guys interested in recipient mares? They were like, yes, they filled up last February. There's no recipient mares to be found. Apparently recipient mares are highly sought after and treated like gold because they need so many of them. Um, I was talking to a listener of ours who works at a recipient mare place and they have horses into their mid twenties that are still going because they, they take such good care of them because they need them. So I'm going to go visit this place next week. Um, and they're going to meet Julie and do a little reproduction exam and make sure she's got all the ovaries and the uterus and make sure everything works. And then she's going to go there and just carry babies for other. Ho- Do you know what a recipient mare is, Glenn? Yes, yes. Yeah, so they make a, get an embryo, 
out of a really fancy, awesome mare that's probably competing and winning money. And they have this, but they want babies out of her. So they implant them in other horses. And this is a very big thing. I don't know if it's big all over the country, but there are several places that do it here in Oklahoma, shockingly. So, you know what? Your job is to help horses find their place. And you're just helping this horse find it. Not all the places have to be riding. Right. Yeah. So you're helping the horse find its place. And, you yeah, know, but maybe I, just, I really was, I love her. Yeah, you know, no. like it's tough, but I don't want her to go be a broodmare, even though she is tap it, baby. But I also don't want to sell her as like, here you go, somebody, yeah. you know, 1500 bucks, somebody come yeah. and get her because they're going to get hurt. And there's so many, like, I, like, so you think it's hard to be around me. It's hard to be me. Like, these are things that keep me up at night. Uh, so by the way, the congratulations is, for riding those bucks. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was terrifying. I mean, I was, I was like... Was Farm like boys over there going, wow, I'm going to enter you in the rodeo. <laughs> come on, come to Wyoming with me, break some babies. Uh, yeah, so it was... I mean, I, I unfortunately can ride things like that, but I don't want to. <laughs> you know, I don't like, want you to either because I want you hanging around here for a little while longer. And, so. and, and you know, when I get off a horse and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like... I mean, kids, a couple of times I'm like, I need to get back on her. I'm scared to get back on her if I'm being honest, but why wouldn't I? There's something, but I'm not going to, like I said, if I spent thousands of dollars and they're like, nothing's wrong, then I've got to ride a rear. And that, you know, it's like when people pay me to figure these problems out, that's one thing. If it's my problem. I can just take a bath and the, and the finances. So I'm well, after what you've spent on that other horse. Damn it, Zeus. Um, <laughs> your husband's probably not real keen on spending another 30000 on a horse. Yeah, I know. And by the way, the hashtag damn it, Zeus, farm boy got done with his exams yesterday and I was gone. He was like, can I come over and ride? And I was like, sure, hop on Zeus. Come on. He's like, uh, it's not bleeding, but he's got a big hole in his leg. <laughs> Send me a picture. I'm like, is he lame? He's like, no, nah, just just some blood gonna, coming down. You're going to come I, home. Chad's going to have taken that horse to some prairie somewhere and left it loose. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, just ride him. If he's not lame, just ride him. <laughs> just keep going. I think, you know, you're doing the right thing, right? You're doing what's right by the horse. And that's what you always say. And, you yeah. know, so basically you're just doing what you always say. Um, and again, <sighs> it doesn't always have to be riding, right? So some well, horses have different I, I, jobs. And she, the lady on the phone told me, she's like, you know, we ha- we have horses here. She's like, somebody brought in a big, beautiful, warm blood mare. And they're like, you can do whatever you want with her, except ride her. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and I mean, I'm glad that it's providing a job. I mean, that that's something. And again, the stipulation will be like, hey, by the way, if this doesn't work out, just send her back to me and I'll retire her and figure out what to do with her. Now, also, as an aside, pink. My baby mama is due May 31st. Oh, yay. That's coming uh, up. We're on baby watch. I, I made a really awesome uh, judgment call, which is next weekend. I'm going to go visit my dad for his birthday. Pink usually goes a week early, but my dad was insistent and I didn't so think Chad about it. So Chad has to have make, make this baby happen himself. <laughs> well, here's the thing is she she retained her placenta last year. And so there, the potential of her retaining her placenta again is high. Uh, so this place that takes recipient mares, it's also a nursery <laughs> and they full out mares. And so if she retains her placenta, I'm looking at three emergency vet visits at, you know, midnight <laughs> every night for three days. I can't have Chad do that. And so, so I'm actually, 
I when I was talking to this facility, we should have them on. I'll, I'll try to get them on to talk about it because um, I, I bring her to this facility and they're like, is she really good with other mares? Yes. She's, she's going to be the easiest horse you've ever dealt with. She's so easy. Okay. Well, we put them on the field and we check them every 15 minutes. So they're going to fill her out and take care of her. And that's one last thing for me to deal with. So anyway, that's what's going to happen. We'll try to get them on to talk about their facility. It seems pretty cool. Very good. Well, this health segment is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine. Stacy McGill, we talked to her several years ago. She was pursuing her doctorate in biosystems and agriculture engineering at UK. And she's here to talk about air quality in barns. Well, hi, Stacy. Thank you for joining us this morning. You know, I was just, uh, the other day we had uh, uh, one of our listeners on who was a lawyer and her husband was a lawyer, and we have so many listeners that are doctors and everything. And now we have you who's pursuing a master's degree in biosystems and agricultural engineering at University of Kentucky. I don't even know what that means. Um, so <laughs> we are so lucky to have very smart guests and very smart listeners, and then there's Jamie and I. So... Uh, we we appreciate you coming down to our level to chat with us today. Absolutely, I'm very excited. <laughs> well, now um, te- you're you are doing studies on air quality in barns and and things like that. And there's one thing I really want to talk to you about today. I know you did a study on fans, and I live in Florida, and of course, all of us have multiple fans. Uh, but I I want to learn what you learned a little bit about that. But tell us a little bit about the studies that you're doing and why you picked this particular topic. Uh, So I have a variety of things going on. Um, I've actually finished my master's and decided to stay on and pursue my PhD. So just being able to expand more on air quality and and ventilation. So she's extra smart is what I'm getting out of that. (laughs) Or a glutton for punishment. Yeah, either one. (laughs) Uh, I think that's still up in the air. Uh, but we did do the the small fan study that you that you mentioned that looked at common fans in barns and and what they do or don't do. We have uh, also been looking a lot at indoor arenas and air quality in indoor arenas, uh, while also continuing to look at air quality in barns. And when we when we talk about air quality. Uh, We talk about it, it, we're kind of referencing a a whole slew of factors such as temperature, uh, moisture that's in the barn, as well as any odors and dust uh, particles and all of that. So it's this very large overarching topic when we say air quality. So let me ask you a question, um, back up a little bit. Have we found... We all know that horses tend, especially very competitive horses, tend to be in more than I think they used to be. So uh, I think there used to be more turnout, especially if you get down to areas like Wellington and places like that where turnout is practically non-existent. In your studies, did you discover that there is an issue with more horses having more breathing problems now than 20 years ago? So we have not expressly looked at that, but we have been focusing on kind of what's going on in that barn stall microenvironment. But we do know that particles um, and odors and some of the, you know, the dust and everything does tend to build up in barns the more horses are in. So you follow that logic, the more horses, you know, the longer horses are in, the more of these pollutants, for lack of a better term, that build up. Therefore, 
the worse off the air quality can potentially be if you don't have a proper barn design to help move out all of those, 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 um, the stuff that we don't want our horses or us breathing in. So let's get back to the fans then a little bit, because everybody goes out and buys. They all, I mean, how many box fans are in stalls in America? About a million, right? So, uh, and and everybody buys box fans. And like us, we live in Florida. So, you know, it's a little hot. Um, And we're putting box fans and we have them up in the upper corner and they're pointing down. And did you did you discover anything about types of fans and direction and where they should be and all of that? So we did. Um, I actually had a lot of fun doing this and we looked at box fans as well as the, um, the high volume fans, the circular ones that do push quite a bit of air. Yep. Cause you also see those. Yep. And what we, we looked at on um, being mounted in the rafters as well as on the stall walls. And then one of the barns that we did, uh, the only way to get fresh air was actually through the stall door. So we looked at that as well. And one of the things that is, is interesting is that hot air rises, which we all know, um, or it's a common, you know, we hear hot air rises. And so when you mount fans up in the rafters, what typically happens, depending on where in the, the barn you have mounted it, you potentially are actually bringing all of that hot air and, and the dust and everything back down into your stall. I never thought about that before. Now, right? So, but if you position the fan, uh, so when we when we talk about air quality, it pretty much goes hand in hand with with making sure that there's good ventilation. And when I say good ventilation, I mean that we are bringing in fresh air, fresh outside air as much as possible. And so if you have constructed the barn and you have good um, openings at your eaves, uh, so where the roof and the walls meet, and that's where you mount your fan and you're pulling air in, you may actually and most likely are bringing fresh air in from the outside directly into your, into your barn rather than if it's positioned towards the peak of your barn where you would most likely be pulling and you know, recycling air that has already been through the barn. God, okay. Well, Does that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, I, I see in Florida, you know, our barns tend to be more open. So, you know, they're they're above the stalls. It's open to the outside. We we don't. I mean, there are closed barns, but not a lot of them. Do you? Right. We so I see a lot of the barns here. They're putting the fans on the stall door. Uh, and from what you're saying, that might sound like a better place to put it because then at least it's the you know the hot air still rising and not being yes. shot back down <laughs> yes and and often um we see that if you are pairing uh your your fans on stall doors or putting your fans on stall doors you want to make sure that you're pairing it uh with good aisleway ventilation uh so for instance the barn that i have where my horses are i have great air movement through my aisleway but I don't have quite as great movement from the aisleway into my stalls. So the fans on the doors work well for me to move that fresh air from the aisleway into my stalls. And so that's where 
fans aren't necessarily you know, reducing the temperature of the barn or producing air speeds that will actively cool the horses, but they potentially do move fresher air into stalls or into where the horses are, which then pushes the stale air out uh, and facilitates that uh, air exchange. So Jamie built a barn here this year, uh, in the past year in Oklahoma. Jamie was, you know, you dealt with professional builders. Was was air quality? Was air movement? Was was any of that a concern, or did they bring it up? Oh my gosh, Glenn! Let me remind you who, what company built my barn? Uh, Morton built my barn, and and you know this doesn't mean to be a com- uh, commercial for them, but like that is the main concern is is airflow. So what she was saying about like. When you go up to the the top of the roof, uh, the top of the wall where it meets the roof, it's all like a mesh, uh, metal mesh thing that goes around. So the airflow goes through. I had Dutch doors put in that stay open all the time and the horses can put their heads in the aisleway or outside the door. We have fans installed. And also Morton has uh, the thing at the roof of the barn that you turn on and it sucks all the air up through the top of the roof. So it's like continuing oh, that hot air out. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, uh, with that barn and, and when you're building with a company that's reputable like that, it's the, it's such something everybody thinks about. I mean, it's a really big deal. So, um, I feel comfortable in everything I'm hearing. I'm feeling like I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that you brought up a really good point is either exhaust fans up in, you know, that peak in that, uh, the top of the barn, or even just ridge openings um, or properly working cupolas. That's what it is called. Thank you. Well, cupola. <laughs> yes. The, but yeah, the cupolas, all of that, um, the cupolas and the ridge vents um, are kind of a more passive that it'll just naturally change over versus an exhaust fan, which will actively pull air out of your barn. All of that is amazing for ensuring that that fresh air gets into the stalls and into the barn. Look, you did something right, Jamie. Look at you. You know, Glenn, if if you're going (laughs) to quiz me on one thing, building a barn that is easy to work around and is good for my horses would be the number one thing I actually have knowledge about. efficiency and <laughs> airflow and ease of use. Those are all the things that I'm going to consider. Again, if you told we, me to put a car together, I would ha- I'd be like, here's a wagon. Let's go. We've been doing you know? this 10 years and we finally found something that Jamie knows something about. Good. This is great. <laughs> I, I, I definitely feel like I succeeded in this, but that's also I'm, I'm in, I'm 40. So it's, it took me that long to be able to get a place like this. I mean, I've boarded at facilities oh, well. that are, just detrimental to the horses. Yeah, well, you know which ones? We grew up health. in Pennsylvania. They're all bank barns. And, and when I it, lived in Ohio, I mean, it's they're all like, bank barns. Shut it down, right. close it up. <laughs> uh, bank barns are the worst what? because your horses usually go in the bottom and the hay goes in the top. The ceilings are low. There's no ventilation at all because they were made for cows and converted to horses. Um, and and that's very common in the Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, we do see that a lot. Um, if, if there were two things that I could do to almost any barn that I went in, it would be to take the hayloft out or to make sure that the hayloft wasn't over the stalls and to install some sort of outlet in the roof and inlet in the walls or the eaves. And that would, that would solve a lot of um, potential ventilation issues. Interestingly, some of the best barns ventilation-wise are old tobacco barns. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, because they were made for ventilation. That. That's what they had to have ventilation, right? Exactly. As long as they haven't been, you know, had metal siding put along, around them, uh, tobacco barns provide some of the best uh, air quality and ventilation for horses and any animal. Now, now uh, explain why that is for those who haven't lived in Kentucky or seen the tobacco barns. Uh, so tobacco barns were designed to be open so that air could move through them so that as the tobacco was hanging after it had been harvested, it could dry. And a lot of uh, horse owners have bought old tobacco farms, and so they have converted the tobacco barns into horse stalls. And some of them have put the metal the metal siding around them, but there are still a lot that It's just the wood siding and the doors have all been, all the little slats have been kind of nailed closed so they don't swing. Um, And that just allows the air to, to move through it um, and, and keep that, that fresh air changing. So basically for those who are having a hard time, you picture going through Kentucky, you'll see these big giant black buildings and structures and those are tobacco barns and those on the wall the slats go up and down and those pivot like they open it's the weirdest thing so that's how the airflow went across the tobacco and dried it out then to be sold so uh, it, uh let me tell you something else about those barns they're the coldest dang place in the winter you've ever i was been. just gonna <laughs> say the snow comes in and there's a blizzard you've got 10 inches of snow over everything in your barn <laughs> it's, like... it's so cold but it's amazing in the summer <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing in the summer, um, and we do have to remember that horses are actually comfortable, more comfortable in slightly colder temperatures than humans are. So the horses are probably, as long as there's not snow piling up, um, the horses are actually probably quite happy in it, especially if they have you know good hay and potentially a blanket if they need that. Uh, it's the humans that stand there and go. It's yeah, so it's the horse husbands like me that have to go out and feed that don't like it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Stacy, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. I, I got to ask you about one other thing. And I, I know you might not comment about this, but you see in a lot of getting back to the indoors, you see. Oh, lot, my God. I thought you were going to ask her who she voted for. Jeez. Oh, no. No. Oh, I do have an election update. The one guy still has won a lot of states. The other guys won a lot of states and there's still more states. So it hasn't changed. Um, so, Stacy, the uh, the big ass fans. So we all know what they yeah. are, and we see them now. They're very expensive, by the way. Uh, but you see them now going in indoor arenas. Is that a good thing? Fans can be very useful tools if you know why you want them and what what the purpose for them is. So it's not that they're a bad thing. It's not that they're a great thing. Some arenas, they need them. Some, you may not. And it, it really just depends on, on what you're looking for. And I know that is a total non-answer. That, uh, you could have run for office and been the, voted on last night with that answer, Stacey. <laughs> uh, it goes back to the, to, the, to the question about do fans work in barns and installs. Well, the real answer is, is it depends. What do you want it to do? So there are arenas that definitely can benefit from more air movement and big ass fans do that. They, they move a lot of air uh, and they help tremendously. And I, especially in a barn that say the horses are under the same roof as the arena or they're around the arena, 
that's probably a facility that could benefit from something like a big ass fan to move air through. Some of your other arenas, they could just benefit from having more windows and more doors open and making sure that you have those ridge openings. Just because you don't have the horses producing dust and you don't have the hay and the bedding and the ammonia in your arena doesn't mean that it doesn't still need that ability for fresh air to come in. And so having more inlets and outlets so that the air can come in through the inlets and leave through the outlets is good, uh, but a big-ass fan uh, could potentially be something that is very valuable as well. All right. Now, one final question. Are you an inventor? Uh, so I have invented for a, a number of years and have recently been moving more into show jumping. Okay. So you, you want to break less bones? Oh, is that the idea? <laughs> <laughs> I will not comment on, <laughs> on that. Thank you, Stacey. Uh, she should be a politician. Yeah, she, you really should be running for office. Stacy. thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. All right, take care. Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds has one, two, three, four different formulas that we're going to chat about very briefly today. First one on the list balances the needs of horses who need calories, but they also need a little bit of focus. What's that one called? Called Mass No Sass. They also have a formula that's going to balance the needs of a horse that needs a lot of energy because he is a high-performance competitor. What's that one? That one is called Freestyle Performance or Tramex. Because yes, trail horses can be high-performance animals. And for senior horses or horses who have dental issues... That one's called Senior. Tough to remember. And for those who want a top quality, non-GMO feed, which is what all of Daily Dose Equine's feeds are, but they also have a really serious budget that they need, they need to stick to, what, are they, what do you have for them? We call that product sweet and safe. Well, next up, we have our Beyond the Ribbons series spotlight rider, Kira, our 12-year-old who rides her pony named Flower and also her horse named Micah. Hi, Kira. Hi, Glenn. Hey, it's so good to have you on today. Now, you've done a lot of stuff since we talked last, but there's something I want to talk to you about because I watched it and it was adorable. You did, uh, for a pony club rally, you actually did a musical freestyle with Flower. It was so cute. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I'm trying. Go ahead. I'm trying to qualify for dressage championships in Pony Club on Flower because if I went for eventing, she'd have to do beginner novice, and she's getting a little too little for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't see the video. What music did you use? It was a collection of different music by the Teriyaki Boys, I think. Okay. It's kind of like Mexican, Puerto Rican techno music. That's what I would describe it as. That's exactly how I would describe it. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) And Flower seemed to really get into the music. Yeah, it's just so perfectly suited for, you know, who she is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and, and ha- what place did you come in? We actually came in first place. We got Woo! a score of a 74. Wow. <laughs> so will this help you qualify for nationals then? 
Yes, because of that, I am actually qualified. Yay, congratulations. Thank you. You know, that's a big deal, especially at your age. Usually it's the older teenagers that are qualifying for nationals. To qualify for nationals for Pony Club at the age of 12 is a pretty big deal. Yeah, what's super impressive (laughs) is that Flower got hurt in the field two weeks before the show. And she was only found three days before dressage rally. So I had about three days to get her ready for dressage rally. Well, that she was fun. She didn't look, I mean, she didn't, I didn't see her take a wrong step. So she must have recovered pretty quick. Yeah, it wasn't like a big injury. She just, um, she was trying to get away from the mare in our field and she ended up like stepping on a rock and twisting it Mm. in her foot. So she had like a hole in her hoof. Fortunately, those heal pretty quickly. Hoofs heal. So that's good. Hey, flower Mm -hmm. speak before we stop talking about flower. He apparently flowers doing some extra training for nationals too, right? Isn't flower Um, going to a cowboy to get some, uh, to get some bomb proofing done. (laughs) Yes. That's Michael Baddenfield. And what's what's Flower doing there? Well, Flower is very sound sensitive, and she doesn't like having a ton of things around her, which considering how good she is with literally everything, it's really surprising. But last year when we went to Champs for eventing, um... She did terrible in dressage because there were there was a loudspeaker, and at championships everybody has golf carts and they decorate the golf carts mm-hmm. with like pool floats and a bunch of colorful stuff. So she was just having a meltdown, and she may have tried to you know buck me off in the warm up ring. <laughs> no, <laughs> what a she pony in the bucks. <laughs> She was quite upset by it. <laughs> so you're working on uh, helping out with that a little bit before you head to try on this year. Yeah. Probably good news. I do not need her trying to buck me off. That's probably good news. <laughs> now, did I see, did you end up going with Flower uh, to Fair Hill for an event over the weekend, over this last weekend? Yeah, I took Flower to the Fair Hill starter. And? It was like a dirt torrential downpour the entire time the weather was terrible but flower was just so well behaved what's really funny is that somehow we got a decent score in my dressage test even though she broke at the canner and during her free walk she was trying to drink from the muddy puddle You can literally see her doing it in the videos. It's just like she has her nose in the puddles and she's just like drinking. And we offered the pony water. Ponies are so ponies. Ponies are always ponies. It never it never fails. So did you actually do it? I saw you guys had bad weather all week. I mean, it, it literally poured inches of rain up there. Did you end up doing cross country then? Yes, we actually did really well. We got first place. Oh, wow. Woo! Good good for you. Yeah. We didn't see any video, probably because all you would hear was 
from the rain coming down. Oh, yeah. The helmet cam. I played it, but... um. Need windshield wipers it's just on it. Raining. Yeah. <laughs> She's like raining the whole time, and the wind was terrible. So. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That sounds like a good weekend at Fair Hill. Yeah, it was really good. Very good. And then you're hand- heading to Plantation Field this weekend with Flower, right? Not with Flower. Oh, okay. I'm taking Micah for a venting rally because. With Pony Club Champs, you always try to qualify like as many horses and as many disciplines as possible in case like someone gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and qualify Micah for eventing just in, cl- in case Flower gets into an accident. And what- that would never happen. Come on. <laughs> never. <laughs> Pony getting hurt in the field. That never happens. So uh, what what level's Micah at? What are you what level are you doing that at at, at plantation? We're going to go for beginner novice. Okay. It will be our second or third recognized event at beginner novice. Good. Are you excited or do you think that you can do it? Are you going to you going to qualify? I'm really excited and I'm hoping that I qualify, but I have to get double clear to do that. <laughs> you can do so, it. Come on, Micah. You got Listen, this. Listen. <laughs> uh, take it take it uh, a page from the Kentucky Derby winning trainer who said, "I never enter a race I don't think I can win." You got to go in there with, you're going to enter, so you just better think you can win. (laughs) Thank you for the advice. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Well, as always, you know we're rooting for you. I'm I'm very excited that you get to go to nationals. It's something else. Do they still do the rallies? Jamie doesn't know a lot about Pony Club, but and I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't either. But when you go to these rallies, usually the kid these used to be the kids are separated from the parents, and they're not even allowed to talk to them. Is that the same way at the rallies now? Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is that the kids are on their own. They learn how to deal with their own things. The instructors are in there, and the, the heads of the pony clubs are in there. But you're basically not allowed to talk to your family. And it 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 was that way, and it, it was interesting to watch because the kids were seemed so much happier when they weren't allowed to talk to their mom and dad. <laughs> look, look at her laughing. She knows. She agrees. <laughs> Am I right, Kira? Am I right? I will make no comment on that <laughs> statement, for my mother is currently in the car. <laughs> God, she's smart. Wow. She's a smart Well, beyond her years. <laughs> Kira, thank the right to remain silent. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably wise to take that. (laughs) Well, good luck this weekend over at Plantation. You know we're rooting for you, and we're so excited that things are going well, and and that you're going to get to head to Tryon, which is a very cool place to have nationals this year. Thank you. Bye, Kira. Bye, Bye, Gwen. Bye, 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 Amy. Well, there she goes. Uh, She's so fun. Smart kid, too, huh? (laughs) Very smart. I love that. uh, You know, we've all, I've had that, but not a cute kid on a little pony. I was actually a grown-ass adult who had it happen, which is the horse stopped in the water jump and tried to drink. (laughs) Now, that has never happened in dressage with the puddles, so that was even more. That's a first. Yeah. (laughs) We usually hear him trying to jump out of the ring, not uh, drink the water in the ring. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's talk about wind tech and then get to some weird news.
Okay, looking for a saddle that's affordable, durable, and comfortable for you and your horse. It sounds like you're looking for a Wintech. Wintech saddles combine world-leading innovations in high-tech materials and lightweight, weatherproof, and easy-care saddles. The comprehensive Wintech range offers not only cutting-edge designs, but also reaches new standards in fit, comfort, and performance benefits for both you and your horse. They now have a high-wither all-purpose saddle, perfect for those high-wither thoroughbreds. Also, a new wide all-purpose and wide dressage saddle for your wider warm bloods. It's easy to see why Wintech is the world's number one synthetic saddle brand. With styles for any discipline and confirmation, there's a Wintech saddle for you. Visit Wintech-saddles.com today to view Wintech's full range of saddles and reach a new level of comfort for you and your horse. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. Well, I'd like to argue with that, but I can't. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to let you know who these people are who found these awesome news stories and have have been happy enough to share them to me. When you're reading the news or wherever you find your news and you think, God, that's weird. That's what I want. I want you to email it to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com and put weird news in the subject line. And then here we go, because that's what Laureen, Debbie, Andrew, Laurie, Alicia, Brooklyn and Elizabeth did. I think I even found one of these. So uh, thank you all for participating and getting the story. I don't tell you who sent me what because it's none of your business where they get their news. Uh, okay. First, we're going to start in Port Arthur, Texas. Port Arthur, Texas. Uh, there's a uh, homeowner who has a camera out back and he's out cutting the grass and, and the homeowners, he's recording this guy cutting his grass in the front yard and the backyard. However, uh, he didn't hire this person to cut his grass. This person named Hubbard, I'll give you his last name. Hubbard was actually stealing his lawnmower. Okay. This gentleman, was stealing a lawnmower, but actually on the way out, decided he should probably, before he takes a lawnmower, mow all the grass. <laughs> he had some conscience. <laughs> it's on video. He comes in and he goes to, and he steals the lawnmower and then is like, mm, let's take it for a little joyride and cuts the guy's front and backyard. Both yards. Okay. So then what happens? <laughs> As they find, they've actually identified him because they could see him so clearly in the security cameras. Um, the guy was like, why is somebody cutting my grass, by the way, in the middle of the night? So the homeowner calls the police. He's <laughs> like, hey, somebody's, I mean, what do you say? Hey, somebody's cutting, cutting my, my grass, grass. Yeah. Uh, with my lawnmower. And so uh, the officers arrived at the scene and the guy took off. Actually, he was seen dragging the lawnmower with him. I guess it ran out of gas or something. Uh, I was maybe he's trying to be quiet and he turns the lawnmower off and he's like, I'm going to get better. Get out of here with my lawnmower. And he's pushing the drill lawnmower down an alley in between the houses and uh, then decides he better just take off because clearly this is not working. Uh, and you don't want to do a high speed police chase on a lawnmower. By the way, it is a riding lawnmower. And uh, yeah, so he was unable to steal the lawnmower and a warrant is out for his arrest. And police are asking anybody with information about his whereabouts is asked to come forward. <laughs> Do you think he gets half the sentence because he had had half a conscience? I mean, 
I feel like he was doing the guy a favor. Yeah, yeah, you can come <laughs> on my lawn anytime. Imagine waking up in the middle of the night and you hear somebody cutting your grass. Yeah, see, I think it, my impression is you could probably get away with that easier during the day when they're at work. That's my impression. Exactly. Then, then nobody would think anything of it. Yeah. All right. Well, I just I want to go to Goodwill. Over and over again for things like this. You always hear stories of people like buying a book and there's oh, money in it. I know which it. one you're going to say, too. I saw or, this story. Or they go to buy a painting and underneath the painting is like a certificate of authenticity and things worth millions. Well, check this out. A Texas woman goes into Goodwill and she sees this like on a shelf at Goodwill, a marble bust of somebody it's just like one of, it looks like in pride and prejudice it's like one of those marble busts that would be sitting in mr darcy's house you know what i'm talking about yeah so she finds this marble bust at goodwill and she buys it for 35 dollars now how's she gonna get it home there's actually a photo of the goodwill sticker on his cheek and she's got him strapped into the front seat okay it's a marble head <laughs> that she is strapped in. Looks like it has a Band-Aid on it, like 50 cent. Uh, anyway, so she decides she probably needs to have this thing researched. Turns out it is a centuries-old sculpture that was stolen by the Nazis from Germany in World War II. This is priceless priceless Wasn't piece it of Roman? art. Was it Roman? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. It's an ancient Roman bust dating to the first century BC, BC or first century AD. It was last seen in Germany and experts believe a soldier took the sculpture and brought it to the United well, that States. That makes sense. Yeah. One of his trophies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but they, well, I mean, they, you, they did a whole movie about all the art that the Nazis stole, basically. Yeah. So I don't know how it got to be U.S. Maybe I'm reading into that story. But at, at any point, it is this is a bus from B.C. So let your brain wrap around that for so a minute. Did she, could she sell it? What happened to it? All right. So she ended up the president of the Bavarian Administration of State Owned Palaces, Gardens and Lakes. Burned Schreiber. That's a that's an actual. He's a president. Yeah, that took up his whole that. business card. Just the title. Bavarian <laughs> administration of state-owned palaces, garden, and lakes. <laughs> Apparently, she took it to Sotheby's. They can identify. They identified it. And they authenticated it. It is priceless, and she has given it back to the museum. And she was unable to sell it, and basically got nothing. She's really excited. She said, I'm very pleased that I can return it to its rightful place, whatever. At least did they give her a if I could have sold it, sold it for $3 million. Right? <laughs> yeah. But she did not get any money for it. And I had to they read. Did they give her $35 back? I, I mean, that's what I want to know. Is like <laughs> That's a pretty big purchase at a Goodwill, Yeah, $35. Yeah, that's, that's about 10 times what you normally pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I had to read five or six different stories. Like this one came from NBCDFW.com. And then, there, I mean, it's in every news thing, but they're all a little bit different. So Laura Young did not receive. She just returned it. Oh, God bless her. her. She did the right thing. I, I think Goodwill needs to give her a $35 mm. store credit. She'd probably been better off trying to steal a lawnmower in the middle of the night. Actually. <laughs> 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 We're going to go 
to Portland, Maine now because in Portland, hey, Maine. We haven't been in Florida yet. I'm impressed. Oh, you just wait. We going to get real close to home for you on the next story. But this one, we're going to visit our friend in Portland, Maine. She's a, a lovely lady who, have you seen that episode of um, The Office where Michael Scott is following his GPS and the GPS says, turn right now. Obviously, it means at the end of the lake, but he ends up just cranking right and goes into the oh, lake. I think we've all had our GPS tell us to turn where there was nothing. So, yeah. yeah. And so this woman ended up <laughs> in Portland, Maine. Drove through a police department garage. Wait, hold on. Let's 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 follow the journey of this this sweet woman. Bless her heart. She drove through a parking garage, a police parking garage, across a pedestrian plaza, and then started to drive down a stairwell. There are photos of this, even though she was in some sort of SUV. It got stuck. Because you can't actually continue to go down a stairwell that has multiple levels. Like, it's like five stairs flat, five stairs flat. And ended up getting stuck. And the police rush out and they're like, hey, why are you driving in the stairwell? And so she says, my GPS told me to. The GPS told me to go this way. Um, the police issued a statement. That uh, they don't believe it was the fault of a GPS, but rather the woman's, quote, excessive blood alcohol level. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> was alcohol involved? <laughs> and they also followed it up with, please don't drink and drive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, <clears throat> Glenn, where are we going to go? Florida. Be more specific. I don't know. It's usually southern Florida near Miami. Mm -mm. Yeah. We're a little further north. No. Orlando. A little different O. Uh, we're going to Ocala? We're going to Ocala, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We made it to Hi, weird news? You have made it to weird news. And it is, there is a surveillance video. This is on clickorlando.com. It's a weird picture because it looks almost like a Neanderthal kind of man. An Ocala man was arrested Tuesday evening wearing nothing but underwear after he broke a window on a high school campus. Now, this man, I say Neanderthal because he's in underwear. He's practically naked. The photo, he's like hunched over and he's got really long, long hair. Okay. So it looks like almost like a, a shadow of Bigfoot walking through something. Apparently, Akeem Jet is facing charges for damaging property. <laughs> he went to the college, the Marion Technical Institute. Oh, yeah, I campus. pass it all the time. <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. Well, apparently he decided to break in, but he didn't have no clothes on, <laughs> just his underwear. So police were called after the school after reports of a injured person on campus. Officer, nobody mentions the fact that he's almost naked. Officers searched the property, found a broken window with a large trail of blood leading through the hallways all the way into the cafeteria, which was unlocked. And apparently they found him in, in the kitchen getting some grub on. Uh, police said a school employee at the scene described the injured man as wearing only his underwear. There is surveillance footage an hour after the incident. 
because they didn't catch him. An hour after the incident, police got another call at some dude at the Sonic restaurant down the street. You know where the Sonic is gone? Yes, I do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They then arrived at the scene where they found this man still in his underwear with a major cut on his right forearm. Uh, Then he was transported to the hospital, which you probably know where that is. He was in question by a detective. Uh, He actually could not even provide them with any information such as his name. He didn't know why he got his arm Drugs was are cut. Bad people. He Drugs didn't know why bad. he was at the Sonic. <laughs> He's facing burglary, criminal mischief, and damages of over a thousand dollars. So you can go spend some time with um, Mr. Jet at the local Ocala prison, Glenn. So if I'm gonna break in to get food someplace, the last place is gonna be a school. Right. Cafeteria. Yeah. There's <laughs> first there's, of all, there's uh, that. And then also the Sonic is right across from the Walmart parking lot. He would have been better off at the Walmart parking lot because then nobody would have reported him. It would just look normal. It just looks normal. A guy walking through Walmart <laughs> right. in his underwear bleeding out. That's it. would have been normal. Nobody would have reported him and he'd been fine. That's but awesome. He had to go to the Sonic instead. One more. I mean, wanted a smoothie. No, that was it. That <laughs> is your weird okay. news. Again, if you ever see a weird story, so email it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. If you're going to break into someplace, pick a fancy restaurant or something. <laughs> Cook the food. Jeez. Uh, so thank you all for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Tomorrow is Mary and Jennifer doing a training episode. And then Friday, I'll be coming to you live from Lexington, Kentucky, from the Marriott Griffin Gate at the American Horse Publications Conference. We'll be recording there. I think we have like five or six hosts from the Horse Radio Network there. So we're looking forward to getting I'm not around. Saying, and- I'm just saying you should have gone to Land Rover instead of that. Next year, yeah. don't screw that up. Yeah, it's kind of a business thing I got to do. So and I get to see Reese. So we're gonna have dinner with Reese on Friday night. You're so self-employed. It's not a business thing. Yeah, you, you just didn't have, want to walk across. You still have business things to do too when you're self-employed. I actually have more of them. So I have a quote for the day to end with, and then we'll talk to the auditors in the post show today. Our quote for the day is from Robert Strauss, who said, "Success is like wrestling a gorilla. You don't quit when you are tired. You quit when the gorilla is tired." I love that. So there you go. We'll talk to you all pretty soon. All right. Spay and neuter gel. Dude, there are so many gray horses in my pasture right now. <laughs> yeah, people think they want grays till they get a gray. Well, <laughs> this horse, Horse and Hound posted about him. His name is Handsome Lad, and he is very handsome. Uh, handsome Lad, that they're having trouble keeping him clean. And uh, no and he's the gray that's almost white at this point. So he's out with my grays in the big, How old big is field. He? I think he's like seven. Wow, almost seven. Usually I got to look. Let's, let's go to Equibase for that. I haven't checked him out yet. Um, so he... This they post about him not doing, you know, not keeping him clean. And I go to throw hay this morning, and I drive the driveway, and he's laying in my pond. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Oh, so now he's uh, red on one side, (laughs) gray on the other, though. (laughs) I think you did right by that other horse, by the way. I couldn't just let somebody else deal with it, and and I just can't. 
breeder, and I just I ugh, I don't know. Well, I mean, you you did what was right, and this way too. I mean, she she can be used for something, you know, yeah. instead of just being out in the pasture being used for nothing either, you know. So yeah. she has her job; she'll have a job. This horse is five, and maybe and she'll white. be a great mommy. Maybe she, you know, maybe she'll take to being a mom, you know, and nobody pushing her buttons. The first pony I had, uh, we was a driving pony. We knew that it was a driving pony when I got it because the Amish had used it for a driving pony. But Jennifer wanted to do lessons on this little pony, too, with the little kids she was doing lessons with. That pony didn't want to have anything to do with a rider. He bucked off really? more little kids. Oh, God. <laughs> she she didn't want She had a job. She knew what her job was, and it was not little kids sitting on top. It was After the second or third little kid got bucked off, it was like, okay, this pony is not going to be a riding pony. No. <laughs> We're not going but there. Lesson ponies are not supposed to buck people off. No. That's not, it's not really good for a lesson pony to hurt the kids. It's not the best idea. So uh, what else is happening over there? Oh, I was looking Colorado. at Handsome Lad's Equibase. And yeah. because if you go to Equibase, you can search the horse. Handsome Lad, born in Texas. And uh, he had 10 races. And apparently um, they said that the only thing wrong with him is he's slow. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at his speed rating for his one race this year. And he got, remember, like Kentucky Derby horses will get Bayer speed figures of like 104, 106. His highest one this year was a 44. <laughs> that's that that's that's not. And his highest one ever, 68. Yeah, he needed a new job. <laughs> yeah. He, he a earned a whopping $100 this year. So there's that. <laughs> so I'm going to be uh, starting to plan our trip here uh, out to see you and to Texas. And uh, I, I think it's going to take us like three days to drive there. It's a long drive. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. So we might be looking at some listeners to stop at along the way. So I'll, I'll be letting the auditors know. And if anybody's along the way and can put us up for a night, that would be great. So we'll Did we'll I tell you, uh, we don't have hit them next, next Friday, right? The 20th? You don't. I do. Okay. Just make sure you knew. Yes, because you're away, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, go yeah I, I, I'll get a sub in for that day. Yep. Cool. And then uh, what else is going on? So I got this trip, and then I got PodFest. The week after, we need to get some subs for, for you, too. Or for and me. no hit them this Friday, either, because you're gone. Well, there'll be a hit them. It's just you won't be on it. Oh. I'm going to be Why doing not? it from AHP. Okay, I'm just I I need to detail things in my calendar a little more. (laughs) (laughs) No, there will be a hit them. It's just you won't be on it. I got I got this this mare that came. uh, She apparently you can't pick up her front feet. No, here's here's the thing. All right, so there's a older lady who is 77 years old, and she is a former Grand Prix dressage rider, but she doesn't have horses anymore and doesn't do anything with horses and to be fair i think she's incredibly lonely so she messages me on facebook one day she was like can i come out and so this was about a year ago so she comes out and spends about one day a week with me on the farm she she doesn't i've let her ride duke you know but she pretty much just hangs out and watches uh and i i feel good about it but sometimes there are things that um a person in their seventies did with horses that has not trained under Monty Roberts. <laughs> so, um, one example is I've been this mare that came, you can't pick up her front feet. You can pick up her back feet. You can't pick up her front feet mainly because she's probably very uncomfortable because she has two bowed tendons. 
So I'm trying to teach her to willingly pick up her feet. And the lovely woman is sitting outside the round pen and she just kind of hangs out and uh, we chat and stuff. And so I'm, I'm basically like teaching this mare to move off pressure. Like the second you go to pick up her foot, she leans on your side, you know, the, the leg you're trying to pick up. So, okay, to go to pick up her foot. We started moving off pressure, push on her shoulder, get her to move away, push on her shoulder, get her to move away. And she's like, why don't you just pinch the chestnut and get her to pick up her foot? She's like, why are you wasting your time doing all that nonsense? I was like, okay, okay. Cause I'm really patient, but like sometimes I'm being told what to do. So in this situation, I said, here's the thing. I can pick up her foot by doing that. You are correct. But I want to teach her to want to pick up her foot, not to pick up her foot because I've caused discomfort to her foot. I want her to just volunteer it. And I go, I'm not going to get that if I'm pinching things and causing her pain. Oh, that makes sense. So she wants to go with me to Guthrie to pick up the racehorses. Okay, we're leaving at 7.45 in the morning. It's yesterday. Okay, great. We get in the car. It's it's like driving with a 77-year-old woman. Things, conversations start, and then they get forgotten about, and they get to start something else, and that's, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a lot. But we get to there, we get the horses, and you know, these are rescue horses that have been turned out for quite some time, and I go to load them in the trailer. Glenn, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm listening. Okay. So I got to load them in the trailer, and like the first horse walk up and I'm just standing there holding the lead rope and letting it, you know, its eyes adjust and let it look inside the trailer. And I was probably, probably one minute and 15 seconds. And she goes, where's the broom? Let's get the broom. Y'all get the broom. She's I'm old like, school. <laughs> oh my God. I go, no, we don't, we don't. Nelda actually goes, no, we don't do that. We just. We give them a little time and boom, the horse jumps in the trailer. It was awesome. And so I feel like even at 77, I'm able to prove to this woman there are maybe some different ways to do things, but I'm fucking tired. I'm tired. And and one of our listeners knows who I'm talking about. Patty, who's an auditor, listens to this and she knows who I'm talking about. It, it gets it gets exhausting, but I feel like I'm doing a good thing. You know, she gets to come hang out with horses and, and give me good advice and she gives me magazines and books all the time and all this, but like it's uh it's a, it's a lot. But, but again, like if I can show somebody that maybe there's a better way, even when it doesn't matter, uh, that's good. I, I hopefully I've, I've changed her perspective on things. She thinks you join up is magical and amazing, which it is. So I've been able to show her that. And, and so that's pretty cool, but yeah, there you go. Right. That, you Changing to know. them one at a time, one at a time. <laughs> hey, I, before we go, I got to get some advice from listeners, from auditors. Uh-oh. So we're considering trading the camper and the horse trailer in on a living quarters horse trailer and just having one vehicle instead of two. So I just want to know the positives and negatives. And we, what the thought is, is when we do longer road trips like we did last year, we'll use the back as a studio. So that uh, basically take the partitions out and we have that big whole area then to use for recording and for working and stuff, put furniture back there and travel that way. And then we only have one uh, vehicle instead of two. 
That's cool. Yeah, you I think did. That's I mean, a good we, idea. We did that. Here's here's the um the dilemma is first of all you're just you'll get one you'll believe we need a bigger one and then you're gonna try to get a bigger one and all that. It, um, it, here's where I really see the issue. Okay. Okay. Think of your wife. Okay. Think of how your wife likes horse trailers. Think of how she likes to walk through the whole thing. She's very particular about the horse trailer. This horse trailer with the living quarters is going to cost you $100,000 if you get it the exact way she wants. They don't make them like she likes them. Well, that is, that is because she you. does like the side ramp, and all of a sudden now that adds $5,000. Yeah, yeah, no, more than that. Yeah. Come on. Because <laughs> so. it adds also like another seven feet you know, to the whole thing. Yeah, and we can only go so big because of our truck. We, you're going to custom a... built everything, <laughs> yeah, and no. then yeah, you're going to need what I did, which was I had a twenty five hundred. I now I have a yeah, no, we can't dually. right now. First of all, you can't find a thirty five hundred. Do you know how much they are new right now? The thirty five hundreds are eighty I, to a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, um, I'm just going to interrupt you real quick by so between that... truck and trailer, it would cost more than we paid for a house. Sorry. Okay. Crazy. Yeah, no, that's stupid. Um, let me just interrupt by saying I, yeah. I I don't know what to do right now because I thought that there was a crumbled up piece of paper on my desk and uh, it's a spider. I don't, Is it I really don't know huge? To, like it's, the size of your hand? It's at least the size of football. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know you and because Jennifer's the same way and she screams and I come running and it is the tiniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Listen, it's, it's, it's got to be at least 40 pounds. <laughs> it's funny how you people who hate spiders always see them as huge, enormous. Okay, what, do, what do I do? He's grooming himself. <laughs> looking, Is he looking at you? He's looking right at me. Yeah. He's staring he's, at me, sharpening his claws. <laughs> well, I think you should do, go I'm, get I'm your home alone. I don't eight-year-old to, to no, take care of the spider. <laughs> he's gone. I'm home alone. I'm fucked. What do I do? Put a I jar over him until the eight-year-old comes home. I can't squish him, and he's on top of my modem, like the size. So I can't put a jar on top of him because you know he's like what? teetering. If you wait about two minutes, he'll be gone. Oh my god! <laughs> then he's still here. Oh god! What do I do? My hands. I'm sweating. You can smack him on top of the head. That works too. I can't because he's on top of my modem, and he'll squish down into the little seams. By the way, for all of you who are now going to say you should never kill anything in the house, write to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. I'm uh, I'm I'm feeling a little lightheaded. <laughs> I better let her go. She's going to pass out, and then I have this, to deal with that. There'll be a, there'll this, be a workers' this comp claim. Spider is so big; he could drive my car. He's so big. <laughs> You can reach the pedals. I'm sure you can't even barely see him. I thought he was a crumbled up piece of paper, Glenn, and then he starts moving and sharpening <laughs> his teeth. By the way, do you ever wonder how you have a brand new house that's built pretty solidly? Do you ever wonder how the critters get in? I know because I built a house in the middle of a giant field. I built yeah, my house but still, on top of their house. It's you know, your house is made solid. There's no holes. How do they get in? We have a I'm concrete sure block house and still get bugs in the house. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a breeding happens. program going on underneath my modem. There probably apparently. is. There probably is. Oh, God. What do I do? How do Your I horses get aren't the only the ones cup? breeding. <sighs> okay. Well, I'm going to leave you with this dilemma. Starting to sweat. What the <laughs> hell do I do? I, I like I've got a hat. Can I scoop him up in the hat and throw him outside? I don't want to kill him. I don't want to squish him. I don't kill things. I don't like to crunch bugs. I'd rather scoop them up. This spider is so small he will not crunch. <laughs> so, 
Glenn, By the way, what would you? What do you do? Have you seen the movie The Fly, where the human turns yes. into a fly? Yes. This is the equivalent of a spider. It's a human-sized <laughs> spider. What do you do? What would you do with the three-inch cockroach as we get here in Florida in your house? Move. <laughs> I'm from Georgia. We had all sorts of weird shit there, but like it wasn't on my computer desk. <laughs> we always tell people lift up the seat on the toilet before you no. sit down to make sure no, God, there's nothing underneath it. I'm out. I gotta go. <laughs> Bye. I gotta figure this out. What do I do? Shit. I don't know. Ah, fuck.